I decided to approach it from a different perspective. And instead of writing a history, ask the people who made these great songs. I'm proud that I was able to deliver an unconventional experience, an unconventional book. I have never said the word myopia out loud. So that was the one that I had to stop and ask my director, Ryan, how do you say that word? Kind of embarrassing for a writer. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet Billboard's VP of Latin Music, Leila Cobo, poet, journalist, and writer, Roya Hakakian, and sports journalist, Julie DeCaro. You'll hear how sharing diverse perspectives and experiences can create meaningful and needed conversations. Plus, find out what it was like for each author to record their audiobook. Enjoy! Hi, this is Leila Cobo, author of Decoding Despacito, an oral history of Latin music. I wrote my book because I live and breathe Latin music. It's my job. I work at Billboard, and I've been doing it for 20 years, and I am fascinated by the untold stories behind the hits. And when I was asked to do a book that told the history of Latin music, I decided to approach it from a different perspective, and instead of writing a history, ask the people who made these great songs to tell us how they made them. And that is what inspired the book and how this book was brought to life. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intense. And I would add a second word, which is difficult. There's a big difference between having words in your head and putting them to paper and then reading those words out loud. So this was a challenge. This was an intense challenge, and I hope you guys love it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a lot of words, but the main one, incredibly enough, was the word recording or recording session, especially when it came like with an R before it. So our recording, oh my God, it was such a problem because the word recording is in every single chapter of this book. That was something to learn. I had problems with my R's, for sure. And as a Colombian, whose first language is Spanish, not English, I realized there were words that I knew how to write and definitely did not know how to pronounce. So there were many mispronunciations that fortunately, thanks to my amazing director, Barbara, have been corrected. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Beginning with José Feliciano's 1970 Feliz Navidad and ending with Rosalía's 2018 Malamente. These are songs that moved the needle, not necessarily on the charts, although many did, but in terms of the perception of Latin music as a whole. They broke the rules and rewrote them. They changed the course of the business. They marked a before and a tangible after. They expanded the reach of Latin music and culture in ways that went beyond a mere moment in time. Hi, 
This is Roya Hakakian, author of A Beginner's Guide to America for the Immigrant and the Curious. I wrote my book because in 2016, after the presidential elections, the tide seemed to be turning against immigrants in the United States. And being a refugee and an immigrant myself, I thought that somehow I had to help this conversation. I had to bring and inject some facts to this national conversation in a way that people could see how immigrants and refugees feel about America, how they see America. And perhaps in that way, I could help lessen the amount of fear and anxiety that seemed to be circulating in the country. In the process, I realized that I may well be also helping the native-born Americans to see their own country through the perspective of somebody who's looking at it for the first time. And perhaps this way, they can discover and cherish even more some of the amazing gifts that this constitution, this democracy, this beautiful land gives to all of us. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be evolution. I came on the first day. I had some idea what it would go like, but now that I've finished, I think I had no idea clearly on the first day what it was going to be like. And so I think I grew in the process and kind of found how it is that I should be reading and what it is that I should be doing. And I guess growing up through the process is the best way I can describe it. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing way too many words that I can count at the moment. One of the first words I had trouble pronouncing was raucous. I had to go back and make sure that I wasn't calling it ruckus. So we kept repeating, and I kept making a mistake over and over until I think. You'll have to listen and tell me, but I think I got it right at the end. I'm proud that I was able to deliver an unconventional experience, an unconventional book, in part because when I thought about how I could possibly reach the listener— I realized that it was really important to not be a conventional third-person account in a book or a first-person account in a book. I felt that I had to do something entirely different to get people to hear what I wanted to say. And so I chose the second-person address, and I thought maybe the unusual way that this book is constructed will get readers to turn on some aspects of their thought or their feelings that they usually don't turn on. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Jeremy Irons in my own place because I love his reading of Lolita. It is such a beautiful production that every once in a while when I can't go to sleep or when I need to calm myself down, it's what I go to in order to meditate. I think it's one of the most beautiful books that has ever been recorded. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car. And sometimes when I'm working in the kitchen, when I'm standing in line, 
some line I don't want to be in at the Department of Motor Vehicles in all sorts of places. I find that they bring me privacy, calm, and they take me out of places where I don't want to be. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Seeing the size of the cars and the people, you will wonder if you have arrived in the land of giants. The landscape before you is vast. There seems to be no end to what you see. The sky, the avenues, the buildings go on and on and on. Your neck will stretch more than it ever has when you tilt your head back to see the top of a skyscraper. You will not hesitate to fill your lungs with the translucent air. If you come from a land where women must don the veil, you will be stunned to see veilless women walk about. You will be even more stunned to see a few veiled ones passing them by, each paying no mind to the other. This is Julie DeCaro, author of Sidelined, Sports, Culture, and Being a Woman in America. I wrote this book because I think a lot of us in sports media, women in particular, but certainly a lot of people in general, have things they want to say about an industry that is not as diverse or inclusive as it should be. A lot of us stay quiet about it. A lot of people leave the industry and go into other places. This was my form of therapy, basically, with this book, was writing about things that I've seen, things that have happened to me, things that have happened to other women in the industry. There's a lot of people who, you know, watch TV and want sports to be an escape and don't want to think about any of this stuff. But I want people to know, in some ways, this industry does real damage and other ways contributes to real damage to people. And we should care about that. Describing recording the audiobook in one word, that word would be educational. I've listened to audiobooks for a long time. I never thought much about what went into recording them. And of course, I listen to people who are way better at this than I am. But it was really interesting. It was really fun. And I learned a lot about audio and about editing your own book. I really think that, and I've talked about this with my director, that In the process of editing your book, you should read it out loud to yourself at some point because you'll find mistakes you wouldn't find otherwise. And you definitely don't want that to happen when you're reading your book for narration for the first time. I was proud to feel like I was able to inject some of the emotion into this book through the narration that people may not otherwise pick up on when they're reading the book. I was reliving things that had happened to me, things that had happened to friends, and I could feel myself getting a little bit hyped up or angry. And, you know, I didn't want this book to be an academic book or academic research on in sports media. These are real people with real stories, and the things that have happened to them in many cases evoke strong emotions in people. And I've never been a person who can keep my emotion out of what I'm doing It's always in my voice. It's always on my face. And this is the first time I think that it probably actually benefits me because I think it came through how much I care about these issues and about some of these people when I was doing the narration. The word I realized I didn't know how to pronounce was myopia. I kept saying myopia. And then I realized I have never said the word myopia out loud. 
I've read it a million times. I know what it means. Obviously, I knew what it meant enough to put it into my book, but I had never said that word out loud, and I don't know if I've ever heard it said out loud. Myopic is different, but myopia, I've never actually said. So that was the one that I had to stop and ask my director, Ryan, how do you say that word? Kind of embarrassing for a writer. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, the person that I would want to narrate it is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, because I'm assuming Martin or Morgan Freeman is not available. Martin Freeman would be okay, too. But I think it has to be a woman, and I would have dearly loved to have heard Phoebe Waller-Bridge narrate this book. Maybe if I get more famous. Maybe, like, three or four books down the road. So I do listen to a ton of audiobooks. The last one I listened to was one of the Jackman and Evans books. Richard Armitage is my absolute favorite actor, favorite narrator. I listen to every book that he narrates. So it would have been one of those Jackman and Evans books, but there are these great mysteries, British procedural police stories taking place kind of in the middle of the country, sort of like a little bit out of the way, but definitely its own little ecosystem with its own crime scene and everything. And those books are my absolute escape, and I can't imagine listening to anyone else narrate them. He's perfect. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is when I'm in the car, especially if I have a long drive and I'm by myself. That is heaven. Starting a new book that you're really excited to listen to. I'm in the car. I've got like a couple hours ahead of me or or maybe longer. Maybe I've got a five or six hour drive, and I can just turn on the heat and the seats sort of snuggle into the seat and just listen to someone tell me a story. It is the best feeling in the world. It is my absolute favorite place to listen to audiobooks. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. Sports radio is a bizarre industry. It sounds like the best job in the world. And I'll give you this, it beats spending the morning trying to control your client in divorce court. But it's populated by some of the meanest and most miserable people, men, I've ever met. People who love radio really, really love radio, and I really did. But there's something about the off hours, the deluge of people calling or texting in to yell at you all the time, the backbiting and competitiveness of it that makes people hard and cynical and sometimes nasty. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.